Welcome to the channel of Anna Purdue. Look for the link below the podcast and make sure to follow for future podcasts. And the link below this podcast will direct you to one of your favorite listening studios, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. So once you open the link, scroll over either Apple, Spotify, or Google button and select your favorite platform. But once you get there, look for the channel, Anna Purdue. And I want to give a huge shout out to Jolie R., Kristen S., Rodney T., Angela E., and Leonard L. for your donations to the channel. And please note, PayPal has permanently suspended my account because of my content. So at this time, I am completely depending on donations or commissions on the Patriot products or that are found on my website. So uh, if you are inclined to do so, uh, you may click the donation button that is on AnnaPurdue.com. And there are also the Patriot Supply Kits. Uh, we have the food kits and the water kits that um, are also there at AnnaPurdue.com. And I want to also um, encourage you to go to my webpage anyway today because the information I've give, I'm giving you is unbelievably important. And the there's links. What, I, what I've done with this um, narration is I'm including the links on my blog within the narrated content so that as you read it, you can go and you can select those links or if you want to go all the way to the end and just quickly grab the links, you can. But I encourage you to get those source links, open them up, do some research, your hair will stand on top of your head when you learn what I have learned. So let's get started. Um, in 2005, Insider Magazine had published a piece written by John Kaler about a Florida transportation investigator by the name of Raymond Lemmy. And his body had been badly beaten, and they found him dead in the bathtub in room 132 of the Night's Inn in Valdosta, Georgia. Well, Raymond Leamy, he was working undercover to investigate one of the most extensive human trafficking rings in our nation's history, and it involved some of the most prominent politicians in office today. Since Leamy's death in 2003, the Valdosta Police and Florida Department of Transportation, they continue to insist that Leamy committed suicide. (laughs) And all the crime scene photos and autopsy reports are just happening to be missing since his cremation. But thankfully, another informant stepped forward after an apparent poisoning to confirm Leamy's investigation And this person, Jim Harnage of Lake Park, Florida, or Georgia, I'm sorry, and his wife, they were both employees of Coggins Farms in Lake Park, Georgia. Harnage and his family had suffered so greatly at the hands of the Eccles County Sheriff's Department. So they were certainly, obviously, trying to be silenced. But anyway, Jim Harnage, he knew and he furnished the people involved in the bogus Social Security numbers scheme, including the Chinese spy Henry Nee. Well, Nee was responsible for thousands of illegal aliens and possibly even Al-Qaeda terrorists being smuggled into the United States by Coggins Farms and Big Will Recycling um, Aztec Environmental. And this guy was Jimmy Livingston that ran that. Well, Henry Nee, he pleaded guilty 
to espionage against the United States in July 15 of 2004. So this was almost a year after Lemmy's death. Well, Nee was employed for Yang Enterprises of Ovido, Florida. Yang is the United States government software contractor with contracts that never a straight answer, as well as the Florida Department of Transportation. Yang had access to some of the United States' most sensitive secrets. Yang's enterprises lobbyist is former Florida Congressman Tom Feeney and former Speaker of the Florida House, who, along with former Florida Governor Jeb Bush, promoted Yang Enterprises to the top of the list for state and federal contracts, despite knowing full well Yang's employers were involved in subversive activities aimed at overthrowing the United States government. It is suspected that Yang Enterprises is responsible for writing vote scam software that was used to overthrow the United States elections. Now it all makes sense why the rhinos are fighting the audits. They're all involved. The deceased investigator, Raymond Leeming, was on the trail of Henry Nee when he was murdered at the Knight's Inn in Valdosta, which, of course, they're still saying it was a suicide. But Leamy has shared with his family and friends the week of his death that he had solved the high-level investigation of his career, and he was excited to see it through. Raymond Leamy was on the trail of Yang Enterprises and Henry Nee at the time of his death, which the Valdosta, Georgia Sheriff Department today insists was a suicide. But there are even bigger reasons certain people in power would want to silence Leamy. And now, Jim Harnage and his family as well. In 2005, at the same time as the Yang Enterprises Henry Nee exposures, a series of allegations were also made about a sex trafficking ring in the Valdosta, Georgia area. As fate would have it, an unusually high-profile murder took place. The new findings came out right after the arrest of John Cooey, a Florida sex offender who had raped and murdered nine-year-old Jessica Lunsford before fleeing to Georgia. Two different articles citing unnamed law enforcement sources in linking Coey to a pedophile ring in South Georgia. This alleged ring involved Coggins Farms trafficking illegal immigrants, pandered children to political elites in Valdosta, and these disturbing revelations were they were found to be part of Ray Leamy's investigation. So despite a lack of hard evidence, some elements of this ring have been corroborated. A couple of months after the articles were released, John Kaler, who's an in, he independently published an interview with a former Coggins employee that was done in December of 2004, and this person had mentioned illegal immigrant trafficking for farm labor and sex in 2009, writer Chris Dahl began investigating the John Cooey case and found signs that political pressure was being exerted to cover up its full extent. Dahl even identified some suggestive pieces of evidence that would fit with Cooey's involvement in a Georgia sex ring. 
and a prostitution ring in the Georgia area that trafficked immigrant women to provide sex to farm laborers was busted in 2013, confirming the presence of illegal immigrant sex trafficking in the region. Two different articles, one by Ralph Kershaw and one by Dan Hayworth and Rod Schmidt, tells how Coggins Farms of Lake Park, Georgia, used their farm for forced labor and sex. Coggins Farms was a large agricultural producer with regional farms in southern Georgia and northern Florida. It was accused of smuggling in illegal immigrants from Mexico, Honduras, and other countries to be used as farm laborers and sex slaves. These captive illegal immigrants trafficked by Coggins Farms became victims of the larger Valdosta sex ring. The independent mention of Coggins is especially important in adding to the veracity of the sex ring allegations. Hayworth and Schmidt named Coggins Farms detailed its role in human trafficking and even mentioned the use of nickel men, those responsible for providing fake IDs, and this was in March of 2005. In the summer of 2005, Kaler released his interview with a Coggins whistleblower taken in December of 2004 that confirmed all these details. So again, I'm encouraging you to find the link at the end of the blog at annapurdue.com for this particular podcast. And also look within the text um, and, and just research this for yourself. It is bone chilling. So Kaler, he interviewed Jim Harnage, and he was the Lake Park resident, who was formerly an assistant manager of the Coggins Farm Supply. Harnage's wife worked as a financial bookkeeper for Coggins during the same period. Well, during the interview, Harnage accused Coggins of illegal toxic waste dumping before going into darker territory, the trafficking of illegal immigrants. He asserted that Coggins used a network of crew leaders and coyotes to bring in illegal immigrants from Mexico, and that owner, Kevin Coggins, annually went to Honduras with a large sum of money to purchase workers. Harnage also detailed the role of nickel men in providing false social security identification to the trafficked immigrants. And I found this information on Kevin Coggins at truepeoplesearch.com, and I found out he um, all of these farms are listed for um, Lake Park, Georgia, and they are Big Cog Farms, LLC, Poboy Investments, LLC, and Coggins Farm Supply, Inc. Well, Florida and Georgia law enforcement officials speaking on conditions of anonymity now report that Leamy has also stumbled across the importation of underage Mexican teens and children being used as sex slaves in Valdosta. This ring is linked to the criminal activities Leamy was investigating at the time in Florida, and is likely part of the reason he was drawn to Valdosta as part of his investigation, an investigation that had officially been shut down on the direct orders of Jeb Bush. The child sex slave business involved a number of Valdosta politicians, businessmen, and some policemen, and continues to this day. Coey, who I will discuss shortly, he, but just so you know, he is the named murderer of the child named Jessica Lunsford, which 
one such participant in this child sex slave business, and he was paying $300 a session. On the morning of March 21st, one Mexican ringleader of the sex group quickly departed by bus from Valdosta. Mexican children are reportedly locked in barns and other structures in and around Valdosta for purposes of sex with clientele like Cui, but also influential and well-paying businessmen and politicians. Some 300 abducted children were said to have been held in Valdosta for an influx of customers expected for that yearly upcoming Easter weekend. The Citrus County Sheriff's Department, the lead agency investigating Jessica's death, reported top-level interference in the case from Tallahassee and Washington, D.C., and that the case involves others. The recent reported tie-in of current White House sexcapades involving male prostitutes to past Republican and Democrat political involvement in the Franklin, Nebraska child sex slave scandal of the late 1980s involving GOP lobbyist Craig Spence, who was suicided in New York City, Lawrence King Jr. of Omaha, Top Republican officials in Nebraska and Washington, D.C., Saudi sex slave traders, and President George H.W. Bush has once again come full circle. Jeb Bush has also been charged with covering up the fact that some 6,000 children, supposedly in the care of Florida's Department of Children and Family, Family Services, went missing from foster homes and other care centers. In addition to being farmhands, the trafficked girls in particular were used for sex. The girls, many of them as young as 13, were forced to be sex slaves for the other imported immigrant workers. Harnage mentioned that the girls were locked up in compounds with chain-link fences, corroborating Kershaw's claim of Mexican children being locked in barns and other structures. He further alluded to the girls being prostituted outside of Coggins Farms, confirming their use at truck stops. Florida Pier a peer-run nonprofit organization in Florida corroborated Harnage's whistleblowing and verified part of his story. A white paper went into how Harnage had alerted the Georgia Environmental Agency, EPA, and FBI about his concerns, yet received no follow-up. They included pictures of the illegal toxic waste disposal and mentioned how many people in the region had died of cancer, confirming a portion of Harnage's interview with Kaler. Peer also brought up the immigrant trafficking allegations, writing that they sent a FOIA to the Immigration and Naturalization Services about the illegal immigrant smuggling, but never received a reply. They even expanded on Harnage's allegations, making a brief mention of the fact that Harnage also accused the crew leaders of smuggling drugs in addition to people. The whistleblower, Jim Harnage, alluded to the trafficked girls being used as sex slaves outside of the farm compounds, and in their articles, Kershaw and Hayward Smith go further 
explicitly claiming that the girls were prostituted to Valdosta residents. Kershaw even says that the girls were provided for sex to local politicians, businessmen, and police in Valdosta, drawing a parallel with elite pedophilia rings like the Franklin Sex Child Ring in Omaha. Hayward and Schmidt didn't mention the elite pedophilia angle, but said that the girls were pimped to Valdosta residents by local businessmen at establishments like strip clubs. These claims, specifically of politicians, businessmen, and policemen being pandered children, are uncorroborated beyond those two articles. But that said, there is some evidence of a pedophilia problem in Valdosta, and in recent years, two officers from the Valdosta Police Department were arrested for pedophilia crimes, and nearly a dozen civilian and military personnel at Moody Air Force Base in Valdosta were arrested for soliciting child sex. And also noteworthy is that the motel where Ray Lemmy, who was investigating the sex ring, died. Uh, He was very close to one of those Valdosta strip clubs. Well, Kaler and Hayward Schmidt reports both implicate high-level Republicans in protecting the Valdosta sex ring. Hayward and Schmidt claimed that Coggins Farms owner Kevin Coggins was a big player in the Georgia Republican Party, as well as a major campaign financier of Saxby Chambliss's 2002 election and George Bush. George W. Bush. I'm sure seen juniors in there, too. But Kaler also named Chambliss, but he placed Chambliss in a larger Dixie Mafia network that involves Georgia businessmen such as the Coggins family and top Republican politicians. Hmm. Now we know why the Republicans are poo-pooing the pushback on the 2020 election. They're afraid this is going to all blow up in their faces. Ultimately, both reports agreed that there was high-level political support for the Valdosta sex ring, which, according to Hayworth and Schmidt, led to state and federal investigations and grand jury probes being shut down on the orders from the White House. It is important to note The claimed political connections to Coggins Farm have yet to be verified. However, claims and circumstances certainly raise eyebrows. The Coggins family are Republicans who contributed a fair amount to Shamless and Bush, but their prominence in the Georgia DOP and relationship to people like Shamless are unproven. One of the reporters, Kaler, claims he has a tape of a goon sent by Coggins and Shambliss threatening him if he releases his findings. The most shocking allegation, however, is the connection between the Valdosta sex ring and John Cooey. John Cooey was a Florida sex offender with a low IQ and history of molesting little girls. In 2005, he kidnapped nine-year-old Jessica Lunsford, raped her, and buried her alive. After law enforcement began investigating, Cooey fled to Savannah, Georgia, where he was briefly interrogated, and then Augusta, Georgia, where he was arrested and brought back to Florida. 
Cooey's arrest, confession, and trial received nationwide attention. He, he was universally considered pure evil, and most people were happy to see him receive the death penalty, though Cooey actually died on death row before his execution. However, there was troubling evidence in the case that pointed directly at the Lunsford family. Hmm, is that why Cooey died prematurely? That's just my question. I don't know. But much of this information came up before Cooey was the suspect. Certain aspects of the abduction bore the hallmarks of an inside job. From the beginning, it was acknowledged that there was no sign of forced entry. In fact, the door to the Lunsford home was actually unlocked. The Lunsford family owned a dog, but it didn't bark during the time Cooey was in the house, quite possibly an indication that it either knew Cooey or others were involved in removing Jessica. And there was no evidence of a struggle in the actual abduction itself to the point that Jessica was allowed to take a stuffed dolphin with her. Her and I guess they found that stuffed dolphin with her. But her autopsy showed no injuries other than those caused by the sexual assault and being buried alive. More damning evidence was found on her father, Mark Lunsford's computer. When Mark's computer was examined right after Jessica's abduction, the police found child porn. Lunsford denied he had viewed any child porn pictures and claimed that they got into his computer inadvertently through pop-ups, but they were found in the delete bin indicating he had consciously downloaded the images before deleting them. Law enforcement was surprisingly unconcerned about this discovery. In fact, Sheriff Jeff Dossie and the state attorney's office under Brad King both refused to pursue any criminal charges. The excuse was that Mark only had a limited amount of child porn and had been through enough. Eventually, the authorities began to lie and state that no child porn had been found. Assistant State Attorney Rick Ridgway wrote as much in a 2007 letter to Mark Lunsford's lawyer. Detective Gary Atchison repeated the same implausible excuse about pop-ups and accused the media of lying. However, Former journalist Dave Pikelick confirmed that he was told about the child porn and its location in the delete bin directly by the prosecutors and the Collier County's Sheriff Public Information Office. The most serious accusation concerning Jessica was that she had been raped before this incident. Outside of Cooey's own accusations, the evidence for this was unclear, but a Wikipedia edit on July 11, 2006 made the claim that the recently released coroner's report showed evidence of prior healed notches and clefts and scars in Jessica's hymenal area, indicating that she had been raped before Cooey abducted her. It cited a news portal on the Ocala Star Banner website. Not any specific document, and this portal, of course, is now gone, making it impossible to verify the source. The autopsy report that was released through a public records request makes no mention of prior vaginal injuries. Furthermore, 
The identity of the Wikipedia editor turns out to be David Stodgehill, himself a convicted pedophile. Altogether, there is no unequivocal proof of prior abuse, but the other irregularities concerning the child's father, Mark Lunsford, and the strange behavior of the coroner certainly leaves the possibility open. It was suggested by Chris Dahl report findings that Cooey and Lunsford were both involved in a criminal underworld that exchanged sex and drugs. According to Dahl, some death row inmates agreed with his findings and suspected that scenario was what led to Jessica's rape and murder. He claimed that rumors were circulating throughout the Tampa Bay area of a larger group of pedophiles that was about to go down, but the narrative suddenly changed and Cooey alone took the fall. Some corroboration exists to support Dahl's recollection. One former Homosassa resident who followed the case also recalled hearing rumors that Cooey had friends, perhaps from a local bar. There was, in fact, a local bar where people were making jokes about Jessica Lunsford. In a press conference with Sheriff Dossie following Cooey's arrest, a reporter mentioned speculation from neighbors that Cooey knew the Lunsford family, something Dossie vehemently denied. Well, it didn't stop others from speculating along similar lines. Interestingly, Dossie was a lot less dismissive of the possibility just a few days earlier. On March the 15th, shortly after her death, Sheriff Dossie talked about the police hunting down an out-of-state suspect who was part of Jessica Lunsford's family social school or church circles. Given the evidence of Coy's guilt, as well as indications that the Lunsford family had some role in facilitating the abduction, it is quite plausible that Coy and Mark Lunsford made some type of exchange involving Jessica. Lunsford was giving a substantial amount of public sympathy after Cooey was caught, but his character was by no means upstanding. Multiple ex-girlfriends accused him of physical abuse, and one also accused him of drug use, fitting with the suggestion of a sex-for-drugs exchange. One ex-girlfriend even claimed that Mark assembled a group of his biker friends to drive by and intimidate her. Biker gangs, it should be noted, have long been associated with criminal underworld activities such as drugs and prostitution. So, Mark Lunsford does in fact fit the profile of someone who might be involved in a sex and drug network alongside Cooey. As is well documented in similar cases like the Franklin scandal, these types of networks are not just patronized by the bottom rung of society people like Cooey and Lunsford. The political and business elite often engage in wild debauchery involving drugs and sex, particularly with children. It is quite likely, then, that such a ring in the Homosassa area would be well protected by the political establishment. And Cooey, murdering Jessica, rather than returning her to her family, was a catastrophic mistake that could have exposed that pedophile underground. Oddly enough, while searching for Jessica, another body of a young girl was discovered. Perhaps someone involved in this same ring who met a very similar fate. To protect the network, John Coey needed to be portrayed as a lone offender. 
This incomprehensible actions by the law enforcement of ignoring Mark's child pornography are indications of an official cover-up to that end. And here is an interesting take from a blog about a photo image of Mark Lunsford and a theory behind a cover-up of a larger picture. In this excerpt, K. Ray writes, Jessica Lunsford, according to my wacky theory, was not killed by a sex offender. She was murdered in a satanic ritual involving many people. Buried alive, which is how she was killed, is a regular part of a ritual intended to crack the child victim's psyche to create disassociative identity disorder, therefore allowing control over the child. Yes, John Cooey was involved, but he was merely the fall guy for the others in the cult who got off scot-free. Mark my words, the truth will come out on this someday. Well, Redleg replied, Being from the same area as the man on the left, referring to Mark Lunsford, I know who he is. Despite what happened to his daughter, he is a dirtbag. Then R.K. responded, If he's as dirty baggy as you say, he might be involved. Parents often are. Satanism is a multi-generational affair. On a different note, and a very interesting note, the Gates of Hell couple are buying farmland, linking shell companies tracing back to a Gates firm known as Cascade Investments that purchased over 6,000 acres across four counties in Georgia. In Georgia and Florida, it is confirmed through property records that the Gates from Hell investment firm owns more than 7,000 acres through two limited liability companies, Lakeland Sands and Lakeland Sands, Florida, LLC. Both companies were founded in 2012 with the same address as Cascade Investments in Kirkland. In every state where the couple owned land, a tangled web of locally registered limited liability companies follows. While those companies don't explicitly name Cascade Investments as the owner in their public records, they do share the email and address or subsidiary of the Cascade in Kirkland, Washington, and the Gates Investment Group. Starting in 2012, Gates Investment Firm began buying family farms in South Georgia. One of those farms, Stanley Farms, specialized in Fidelia Onions, and another, Coggins Farms, focusing on growing carrots. In 2014, Cascade Investments combined both of those companies and the land into Generations Farms, which continued to grow vegetables. So, now you know. <music> ¶¶